You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring. And Would you get him to focus? <laughs> Sorry. Chase. Chase, put the that, phone down. Where's that mountain? Where's that mountain dew? Uh, did you drink it already? Yeah. Are you jittery at all? Not That even was a lot of dew. So, right. so I was, we were coming back from uh, Escalani years ago, and we were trying to, we were driving through the night. So the plan was, it was, I'm trying to think of when it was. It was a Saturday. We were going to come home Sunday. And, um, but we heard that a storm was coming in and so we decided to, and that's, that storm may even drop snow. And so we decided to pack it up early and head out early. And as we're hiking out and getting to the car, it's the wind picks up, it's blowing sand and stuff like that. And we've got our one year old, like 18 month old Lincoln, our oldest boy, he was 18 months old at the time. So we're like trying to keep the sand and stuff out of his face as, as we're hiking him out get into the car and then it's like well it's nine o'clock at night what do we where do we sleep where do we go like oh let's just drive home eight hours and uh so we drove through the night and i the only way i made it home was on mountain dew i drank like three quarters of a gallon of mountain dew and was (laughs) so it's so sugary it's so disgusting so sugary i so well it was maybe half a gallon but i just like by the end, like the last half hour driving home, I was like trying so hard to keep my eyes open, but it seemed more like a car wreck seemed better to me than drinking <laughs> oh any more gosh. Mountain Dew. It wow. was so bad. Anyway, bad. yeah. So, um, yeah, I look at Mountain Dew now and my stomach just starts to turn right immediately just even looking at it. Um, but speaking of adventures, uh, my wife and I are planning on going on an adventure next weekend. Um, so it's, what is today? Thursday? Thursday. We're recording this on a Thursday. So a week and a day, next Friday, we're thinking of going and hiking up the Pfeiffer Horn. But so you've done the Pfeiffer Horn? Yeah, a few times. A few times? Okay. Yeah, three. Pfeiffer Horn. Three or four times? Yeah, the Pfeiffer Horn. Um, I've done the Pfeiffer Horn before. Have you? Yeah, it's fun. During the summer? During, during the, the summer. Summer. Yep. I've never done it during the summer. I've always done it during the winter. I've done it three times, I think, during the winter. And, um, or four times. I don't remember. I would love to four. ski off the Pfeiffer Horn. I think it'd be so fun. Yeah. So I did that a few years back with James, who uh, used to work for us at Gear 30. And it was fun, but it's an it's an intimidating mountain to ski off of because it's steep. And the day that we were skiing, it was like almost bulletproof ice. It was really hard ice. That's always fun. And um, 55 degrees. And so, like, you can't, you almost can't stop. It, it wasn't bulletproof ice. It was just really, really hard snow. 
And so you, it was almost so steep that you couldn't stop. You just had to control your slide. And so we're turning, making turns down this and it's just like, you try to stop and it just doesn't work. And so you're like, okay, I'm committed. I'm just got to control this. And, and, and below you, uh, I mean, if you slipped and started sliding, you'd have a hard time stopping below you is a hundred, hundred foot cliff. Um, but then you go over this hundred foot cliff and you'd probably survive because you just land in snow and then it's like a more gradual slope down lower. So you'd probably slow down over time. So take a hundred foot fall and it would probably hurt and be scary as heck but um yeah but I'd say so. <laughs> so that was as a it's a cool mountain to ski though it's like a it's a legit ski mountaineering uh mountain but kelsey and i went and climbed it my wife and i went and climbed it uh two or three winters ago and we didn't ski off we just hiked to the top and hiked, hiked back down and then skied from uh where we camped back down to the car and it was really fun and she's been wanting to do it again so we were thinking next weekend we want to do it well just so happens that next weekend is like the first winter storm of the year oh, yeah and uh what, what, time, like what february yeah <laughs> right what month is it yeah so uh yeah we're in uh end of january and we're looks like the forecast is showing that we're going to actually get some snow and our snowpack has been so weak and so unstable because we have such a shallow snowpack that it's a little kind of a scary, <laughs> another Bernie meme. Um, it's just kind of a scary time to be doing some like ski mountaineering type stuff and, and backcountry skiing on steep slopes. But I think we still may go for it. And maybe we don't summit. I don't know, depending on ski. It'd still be a good conditions. trip. And you have you is there anything you would need to buy do you have all the things yeah i've got all the things okay. plus probably all the things for like if you wanted to invite people. more people yeah. to go with you <laughs> so but we're but let's talk a little bit about what i would need for a trip like this uh skis skis yeah <laughs> eh. there you go yeah so my wife was talking about it she's like well if the conditions are really bad i'm not sure that i want to ski it maybe i'll take my snowshoes I'm like no 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 no, no. you got to take your skis <clears throat> so um are there is this a trip where if visibility becomes extraordinarily limited that you would just drop off the side of a cliff somewhere if you're up high on the that ridge summit, that ridge line going across to yeah. the shoulders kind of dicey yeah it's i mean it's it's a place that if you're up close to the summit you wouldn't want to be in a nasty storm uh i mean you could fall and and die but you die. Yeah. But there's only a couple of places that that could happen. Most of the time, it's it's really mellow. There's during the winter. So what you do is you hike up into is that Red Pine Lake? Yes. I and then so. that's where we'll probably camp. And then from Red Pine Lake, you skin up up to the kind of the back of the <clears throat> the cirque there, back of the valley, and or the canyon. And then you you get onto the ridge from there. Well, the skin up to the ridge, depending on the snow conditions, can be a little hairy. Uh, that was the scariest part for my wife last year because we were trying to skin up it. We were trying to get to the ridge on our skis, and you get near the top, and there, there was just like this little really narrow little walkway that was about wide enough for, for two 100-millimeter wide skis to go on. <laughs> Uh, and off to the left of you is just like a steep drop off that a really, really steep slope that if you fell down it, you wouldn't die. You probably wouldn't even get hurt, but you'd slide a long way before you stopped. 
Uh, and on the right, it's like a just a wall of snow. And so you're just kind of skirting along this little thing. And uh, that was intimidating for Kelsey. She'd already been <clears throat> trying to skin up a steep slope and was just struggling to get up. She didn't have ski crampons. Neither did I. It was, uh, anyway, it was scary. But once you get on the ridge, it's like pretty mellow hiking for a while. And then, um, and then you get to like this narrow blocky ridge where you're kind of climbing up and over rocks and around rocks and stuff like that where it's pretty exposed and then you get to the kind of the summit ridge and you, you go up like a 50 degree slope and uh, you just kick steps up to the summit and it's pretty cool it's a cool mountain it feels like you're up there quite a ways Do you need uh, crampons on your skis or boots uh it- <laughs> Well, it's a good idea to have them just in case. I think we took them. I don't know that we used them. No, we did. When she and I did it before, we used the crampons. Um, I I went back the next week with James, and we hiked it and skied it. And I don't think we used crampons that time. But uh, it's steep enough. There, it gets traveled enough that you usually have a pretty good boot pack on that last ridge. Uh, but if there wasn't a boot pack and it was hard conditions, it's steep enough that you definitely would want crampons. Do you choose ski poles or do you take a mountaineering axe or anything? Um, we took ice axes. Again, I took an ice axe that next week when I skied it. I never took it off my pack, but when I hiked it with my wife, we ended up using them. It's um, like a regular Alpine. Yeah. The Raven Pro. Yeah, the Raven Pro. <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, we just it was it's a cool mountain. We we like to climb it. It's it's a probably about the same effort as if you're hiking to the top of Ben Lomond. Okay. But it's a little more exposed, it's a little more up there. It feels more of like a mountaineering feat, even though it's now, do you spend the night? We were gonna spend the night, yeah. Yeah, so here's what I was thinking of taking and um you guys can either tell me if that's a good idea, bad idea, or what I'm missing. Okay. Um, so I've got, uh, there's an MSR tent that I got for Christmas a year ago. Four season. Four season. Okay. But I still haven't used. Yeah. And I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, that's how much I've used it. Um, let me see if I. This can was supposed it. to be your your winter mountaineering tent. I'm assuming, it's fairly specific. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually got it. Um, so I used to do a lot of mountaineering, and I had some mountaineering tents, and then I. I did less and less, and so I ended up selling some of them and then regretted it because then when I needed a mountaineering tent, I I only had one left, and it was my Hilleberg, four-person Hilleberg tent, which is sweet if you've got a huge area to put it up on, but mm. if you're like on more technical terrain, it's just too big. And so um, anyway, so yeah, for Christmas I got, it's the Access 2, and it is... It's a sweet tent. It's a sweet tent. It's a good one. Um, so I've only, I've set it up at my house a few times. I've never even used it in the mountains because uh, when I use a tent, it's always been like a big Hilleberg. And uh, so anyway, I'm excited to use that. I've got the Western Mountaineering Badger, which is like a 10 degree. Um, That's their microfiber. Right? Yeah, microfiber um, shell fabric. And then uh, the Neo Air X Therm for my sleeping pad, which is a pretty warm one. Um, so that's you, what. Do you take like a, a bag liner or anything? No, I I probably won't. You sleep warm though. Yeah, and I also take when I do these winter trips, I take happy pants, 
which we've talked about on the show before. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, I love happy pants. Happy pants. Are they the work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my uh, so my wife and I, we've both got a pair of these synthetic insulated pants. I was going to call them hot pants, but that's something different, I believe. So, uh, happy pants. Is happy pants and hot pants are both sound awesome. the same. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so these synthetic insulated pants are ideal for winter camping. It turns winter camping from a suffer fest to enjoyable in just mm. one piece of gear. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I'll take those. And then if my 10 degree bag isn't warm enough, it gets colder than that. Then I just, I put those pants on and I'll down jacket and then it's like, I'm good to negative 10, negative 20. So, um, so tent, sleeping bag, pad, I've got happy pants. I've got a down jacket. I probably, I'll probably just take a, like a, a down sweater, not a full big puffy jacket, like a huge one. Because I think we're going to hike up, set up camp, climb into our tent, go to sleep. And then when we wake up in the morning, we're waking up, hiking to the top, coming down. There's not a lot of sitting around. Not going to sit around yeah. a whole lot. So probably take a, a thinner down jacket. And then if I'm sitting around camp and I'm cold, I'll just climb in my sleeping bag. Um, take the MSR reactor stove for uh, for making dinner. Which, is there any other stove that you would consider for no, the winter? No, like Gas Not, stove or... Whistle? Well, you could do like a, a white gas stove and that would be fine. Or there's some, there's some canister stoves that have the... They're called remote canister stoves that yeah. the canister has is connected with like a... Um, like a line, a gas line or whatever that's separate from the stove. You can flip the canister upside down. Those work pretty well in the cold. But normal canister stoves like a jet boil or something like that, they're crap for the cold. Mm. Um, so I'll use the reactor, um, but a white gas stove would be great as well. Um, we'll just melt snow for water. Um, trying to think of what else. So... For skis, I've got my Dinafit Cho Oyu skis with skins and some ski crampons. Um, my wife has her Dinafit skis, ski crampons. <coughs> Excuse me. And then... Uh, crampons? Crampons. <laughs> we'll... Uh, I'm trying to think. We'll probably take... I've got some real lightweight camp aluminum crampons that I can throw on my boots. And so I'll probably take those. My wife has some... Uh, more substantial black diamond uh, saber tooth crampons. Okay. Um, that are like an aluminum. They're not aluminum. They're still crampon, but she'll probably take those just in case. Um, take our ice axes. She got her new, really sexy blue ice ice axe <laughs> that I'm pretty excited about. That's um, why I'm you're excited going. to okay. to watch her yeah. use that. It's um, too attractive. Two sexy things working together in, in harmony. I see. I see. Go. Keep yeah. going. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got our, we'll have our helmet. We'll have goggles. We'll have hat. We'll have our uh, active pair of gloves. So finger gloves probably have some mittens as backup gloves just in case. Um, I'm trying to think what else. We'll have our food, headlamp. Uh, what am I missing? Probably have a some <laughs> probably have some type of hard shell. Just. I always take tube offs with me. Yeah, 
Uh, that's like I'm, I'm a I'm a big buff. I'm man. buff enough yeah. without two. I'm just mm. wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you might need two, but I I, I usually don't I even always, need one. I take an active use one and a downhill one. <laughs> so I take a I take a like a one buff or a some sort of headband for the uphill, and then a beanie like a full on beanie for the downhill. Mm-hmm. That and so works too. Kind of the same same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What am I missing? Trying to think. Uh, hmm. I think you've done a pretty good job at covering it. Um, but usually, with that type of gear, you would think like, "Oh, it's a win- overnight winter trip. That's going to be a big, heavy pack." No. It's not really. It's pretty lightweight because the gear that you have is down. It's like it's light. I'll have. I'll probably have soft shell pants on with the base layer underneath for hiking um, on day two. Because uh, I'll be in the wind and stuff like that, so probably two layers for for the hike into camp. I probably will just hike in a base or in a just soft shell pants. I probably won't even wear a base layer under them. Um, what? Uh, oh crap! Oh, what pack do you use? So what, I yeah, what liter? I'm curious. Yeah, so I have a 60 liter Chilo gear work okay. sack, and. Um, that's that's such a versatile pack because it can be it can be stripped down and and used in so many different ways. So what I usually do is I take off the top lid on that one and leave that at home, and I just uh, have a couple of compression straps. So I probably will only use about forty liters of that sixty liter pack, um, but that's probably what I'll use. I've also got uh, a couple other options. I've got an Arcteryx pack that's about fifty five liters. Uh, I've got a 30 liter alpine climbing pack that I think might just be just too small um, yeah. to carry the tent and stuff in. And so, so I'll probably use that Chilo gear pack. Um, I, I really think for like an overnight winter climbing thing, if you can get, if you can fit your stuff in 40 liters or less, that's ideal. Yeah, totally. I'm in the market for a new, uh, ski pack i've got two 25 liter packs and they're great for day tours but any or even like a half day but anything over like a half day it's nice to have some of those comforts and right i don't know or be able to carry extra food or like right now if i go out for a full day i can't fit a bivy sack in there can't fit a first aid kit can't what size is it 25 liters that's way small it's it's small i mean i compress i mean i have an 18 but (laughs) <laughs> Even smaller. You get your you get your big shovel probe. You're lucky to get like a jacket or anything else in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just uphilling in the morning at base, and I'll put my down jacket in there, and then like change of gloves, hat, and water. And there's really not a lot else I can put in there. So I I've been looking at I've been looking into some mystery ranch packs. Yeah. Um, Patagonia has a pack that I've looked into. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> sorry. I actually I don't just... love the Patagonia pack. It has a roll top to it. Which is great in the fact that you can carry more if you need to, but it's not great in the fact that getting into it, you have to unroll this whole pack to, to dive down gear. into your pack. And yeah, I like to have that. I like to have a tool pocket on the outside that's a zipper pocket. They um, have that one as well. Yeah, but I um, that reminds me because I didn't mention this, but we'll take Beacon Shovel Probe. Um, that's that is important because me, mountaineer uh, mountaineering. You run into avalanches just like you do backcountry skiing, so we'll have that. Um, we will probably. I'm trying to think. I, I've got the one of those like um, emergency, the 
what do they call them? Like they used to be called the Delorme Inreach. Now it's the Garmin, Garmin Inreach. 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 Yeah. So I've got one of those, and I we probably won't take that because I think you get cell service up there even. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, if we need help, I could probably just pull out my cell phone and <laughs> call for help. But uh, anyway, that's not always a that's a good idea usually with our our trips. We just are a little close. I may I may still take it just in case. I guess it's always good to have as a backup, but it weighs nothing. So it's yeah, peace of mind. So uh, yeah, I think that's probably about what I'll take, and I'm gonna guess our packs are gonna be around thirty pounds. Mine will probably be around thirty pounds. My wife's will probably be twenty. Uh, 20 to 25. Do you take, and it's okay if you say no to this, do you take medical stuff? Do you take an emergency uh, bivy, anything like that? No, we will We will have um, an emergency blanket each probably. And I've got like an emergency bivy and stuff that if I'm going on a solo something or other and I'm not taking a tent, if it's going to be like a one-day thing, but I if I get get stranded or something i'm in trouble so i'll take an emergency bivy in that situation since we're gonna have a tent with us yeah and since we're gonna um you know have our sleeping bags and all that stuff i'll take an emergency blanket for summit day um we'll each have one but i probably won't take an emergency bivy i don't have a two-person emergency bivy which would be nice i mean that would be ideal if she and i are get stranded in a storm on a mer- on a summit day or something. Yeah. But who knows with the storm coming in like we may not even go for the summit. If it's just snowing and there's tons of new snow and we know we're going to be wallowing in waist deep snow and potential avalanche danger, we may not even try for the summit. It might just be like hike up camp and come back down. Yeah. But if Is there good skiing between Red Pine and down? Mhm. Yeah. And you mean there's not. No, there's Terrible not. Skiing. <laughs> so there's actually like most of the best skiing is up above red red pine lake yeah there's good skiing though like um the problem is is the last two times i've skied it the conditions have been poor so even though there's good terrain to ski the skiing wasn't that fun wasn't that good Um, but there's some places and i think if i'd spend more time up there i'd know where the shots were um better uh, I usually ski closer to where the trail is so that I don't miss the trail and have to hike back out. Yeah. Um, but even still, there's some good, good I mean, spots to ski. We hiked it late fall, and that between Red Pine and the summit, you get up to that. There's like kind of two shoulders in there. Yeah. That terrain's awesome. It's awesome. What peak is it that's to the southeast of? Because you kind of get to that shoulder and you hike a um, um, little bit of north. And west? Probably Lone Peak. So Lone Peak is like clear at the end of the... If you follow the ridge, you'll go over a few other peaks and then you'll... Like the... Lone Peak's like the last one. Okay. So I think... it's like you get to the shoulder and if you're looking north, you have like Pfeiffer Horn over to your left and then kind of back behind you to your right, there's another peak right there. And when we were hiking it, my friend's like, oh, that's such and such. And I can't remember what peak it was. Back behind you to the right... So if you're facing north toward Pfeiffer Horn, you're looking back to the it's right. It's kind of like back. It's basically if you're looking at the Pfeiffer Horn, it's like right behind you. Um, I'll pull up my map because now I'm uh, curious. But there looked like cool terrain all up in there to see. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's looking over toward like like uh, Timpanogos area. I forget what that peak is called. I know what you're talking. about. Is it about, Twin though. Peaks? Yeah, I think it might be Twin Peaks. Let's see. 
Where's the Pfeiffer horn? That's in Salt Lake. Oh, no. It's uh, White Baldy. Is that what it is? White Baldy. That could be. Because here's Red Pine. And you hike up this ridge line. Boom, ridge line to the Pfeiffer horn. Yeah, right across the canyon. So, yeah, it's right here. Uh, or Box Elder Peak. Uh, <laughs> you guys gotta look this stuff up before. I know it. Well, now it's definitely not <clears throat> big. Yeah, I think it's. It was White Baldy. I think is what I'm thinking of. Oh, so literally, like looking down, the one that's sitting right above. Red Pine Lake? Yeah, I guess. Cause oh, you, I thought you were talking like way down the canyon no. and across the way. Because you come up red, you like kind of come up this way and then kind of climb this ridge. And then you get to this little like shoulder. Right. And there's five for one and kind of back behind you. Okay. Wildly. Yeah. Why, okay. So I was thinking like way down, because when James and I were up there skiing it, we were looking down the canyon and across the way at some other, okay. like at... Um, like Box Elder, I like Box Elder Peak. And no, stuff. I'm talking like right up. there, by the Five Horn. Yeah. So, okay. anyways, there's some really cool terrain up there that I would love to ski. It's for me. It's I, I've skied more up here in Ogden and a little bit there in the Cottonwoods, but but the skiing in the Cottonwoods is way better than up here. So don't even <laughs> waste your time coming up here. It's just it's not cool. Yeah, everybody up here should go down to the Cottonwoods. In fact, it's I was so much better. I was laughing. I think I told this on the podcast before, but I was down at Corner Canyon riding one time when a guy saw my Weber State jersey. He's like, "Oh, Weber State. Like it's kind of sad you guys have to come down here to get good mountain biking in." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. The mountain biking <laughs> up there is terrible. <laughs> don't yeah, don't just... come up there." He's like, "Yeah, the mountain biking up there is not fun. It's just cross country and there's no good riding. I'm like, yep, you're right. It's yeah. terrible riding up here. There's yeah. no good. North Fork sucks. Powder Mountain, terrible. Whatever you do, <laughs> never no, visit no Antelope off, Island. Off Shoreline, off. Skyline, yeah. terrible. Antelope Island. Yeah, just don't even worry about coming up here, dude. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Same thing with the skiing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, it's already getting too busy for my taste. I On a Saturday, I see like 20 people and it's just too much to handle. Oh, man. But uh, Brutal. Yeah, you go to Salt Lake on a on a slow day, and there's a hundred people to do yeah. it. So sometimes you even have to like you have to you don't even get a break trail sometimes now in Ogden. I know it's terrible. It's awful. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, yeah. So I sense sarcasm. <laughs> nah. So we're we're excited about um about the opportunity to go get a little bit of adventuring, and we've we've kind of had a. It's been a little while since we've had some adventure. We didn't. What, what was the last adventure we had? I guess it was in the Wind Rivers in back in August when we climbed Gannett Peak. And we really didn't do anything over the fall. We got sick a few times, had the Rona. Uh, we're feeling better now, and so we're wanting a little bit of adventure. So I think we're going to shoot for Pfeiffer Horn next weekend. And, and uh, so we won't have anything to report for a couple of weeks but maybe in a couple of weeks i'll have a trip report and I'll let you know how it went that'll be awesome so cool uh, you want an in you want some unrelated news yeah who has the longest winning streak in the nba right now the utah jazz the utah jazz really? at six yep and then the clippers and the memphis grizzlies are tied for and and the Jazz haven't so second, played most Mo teams. They've played good teams. Yeah, they had, there was a couple good ones in there, but Nuggets. So are they? Uh, yeah, Nuggets are really good. Yeah, are they? 
what second in the West then? Third, because uh, Clips and Lakers have played uh, one more game. Yeah. Oh. So Clips and Lakers are eleven and four. Jazz are ten and four, and then jumps down to Phoenix Suns, who are eight and five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because the Los Angeles Lakers are cruising on a one-game winning streak. They just <laughs> lost the other day, but Jazz won six in a row. They play again tonight, a team they just beat. Uh, they play. It's funny. This is the season that you'll see. I think for the first time really ever, multiple games in a row against the same team. Hmm. Kind of like baseball when baseball visits a town and they play right. like almost a series. Yeah. Yeah. So just that, doing that for COVID reasons. I believe the scheduling was easier. Had the COVID considerations going. Uh, that said, there's a lot of there's a lot of games being canceled and Yeah. Tell you what, I just uh, I mean it is I mean the Jazz were the first to have it obviously publicly. Right. And I'm wondering if uh, those who were going to get it on the team got it already, and that was it. And so maybe they're maybe they're good, but who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, time will tell. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it is the season to to switch over from football. Almost time to switch over from almost. football to, to basketball. If you're, I was really sad about the Browns. Now it's yeah. Bills. Go Bills. Go, Go Bills. Bills. Yeah. yeah. Go Chiefs. I'm- <laughs> go Chiefs. Chiefs have had, Chiefs have had their oh, glory. No way. I thought you were going to say go Bucks. Go Chiefs. No. Well, Bucks beat my team. I'm a little bitter. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, the people out there that are like, well, if that team beat my team, then I guess I want them to go all the way because it like looks like, better for my team. Unless you just whatever. hate that team. But I'm just like ticked because they yeah. beat my team. Yeah. Freaking Tom Brady. <laughs> or not Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. I actually really, yeah. I actually like Tom Brady. I. I do too. I did. I like. I respect him, Tom Brady. There you that. go. I um, but I want. Homeboy's gonna be playing till he's fifty. I swear. I know. Yeah. I want. He's he looks good. Yeah, he does look good. Yeah, I uh, I do want the Chiefs to win though. I think they they uh, I want them to win like three in a row so they can be in the in the um, greatest dynasty conversation with the Pats because it's the Pats and the Chefs. <laughs> the Pats and the Chefs. <laughs> and the chefs. <laughs> Have you seen that Ooh. commercial? It's uh, old, but Snickers it is commercial. so good. Oh, uh, that was probably before you were born. Man, who's the chefs? <laughs> wow, man, that looks really good. But uh, who are the chefs? <laughs> so there's this old guy. He's the he's the field painter. He's going out and painting the field, like the logos and stuff on there. And he's he's walking around all slow, and he's clipping the grass, and he's just being really meticulous and everything. And he goes and stands back and is looking admiring his work so it looks good one of the football players comes over oh man man you did such a good job that looks great but uh who are the chefs because he forgot the i <laughs> spelled the name wrong <laughs> and that's funny it was great googly moogly and then he grabs a snickers <laughs> solves snickers does solve a lot of problems yeah. true Every, everyone probably needs to eat some snickers all right wrap Especially us let's get out of here right okay thanks for joining us for the podcast today uh if you enjoyed the podcast don't forget to subscribe and also tell your friends and check out gear30.com, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com for the latest in and greatest in outdoor gear, including Hilleberg tents, uh, Western Mountaineering sleeping bags, Mystery Ranch backpacks, Icelandic skis, volley skis, yeah. uh, Topo Athletic sh- shoes, trail runners, uh, Salewa footwear. What are some of our other great brands? Mystery Ranch. Said it. Dang it. Um... Other shoes, other footwear. We uh, Danner, Danner boots, Bluntstone boots. Sal- Salewa, you said that? Salewa, mm-hmm. Solomon. Uh, Solomon. Chaco. Oboes. Okay. 
So all those. Yep. And uh, and our apparel, we've got in-store, we've got Patagonia. Online, we've got the North Face and Rab. Rab. Outdoor Research. Yep. Yeah, Raven. Yeah. A little bit of cool. So... Uh, yeah, check those brands out online at gear30.com or come in the store and, and shop all those brands plus Patagonia. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo-woo.